if you're finding it challenging to make progress in your practice time, I'm going to give you an approach that you can use each and every week to make real progress. Hello and welcome to the Musician Toolkit, episode number 46. My name is David Lane, I'm your host, and it is great to be with you once again. Now we're just about in the home stretch for 2023. Last two months of the year, we want to make them count, want to make as much progress as we can. Sometimes we start thinking, hey, looking forward to January getting here so that I can do my uh, New Year's resolutions and make 2024 the year that I get all of these things accomplished in my life that I want to. But I want to tell you that November 2023 is just as good of a starting time as January 2024. And you will thank yourself later on if you look back and say, you know, I didn't have to wait till January to start doing things that mattered and made a difference. I started in November. Or maybe you've been doing pretty well for a while, but you feel like you need to kind of pick things up just a bit. So it's been a little while since we've had a practice-specific episode, and I have a single tip for you today. It's something that I use a lot in my piano lessons, something that I find to be very helpful, and it's, uh, it's called the 5x5 five five approach to practice. It's probably been close to a decade now since I saw this workout video, or maybe have been it might have been a blog. It's been a long time ago, uh, but it was a fitness guy that I followed, and I, and I still follow. And he had a workout that he called Five by Five. And what he did was he took five challenging body weight exercises, and he recommended doing five sets of five reps. So you have five exercises that you do in the workout. You do five sets of each one, and then you you do that four more times so that you've gone through each exercise five times, five reps of each exercise. And one of the things that I remember from my own piano background, from my own education, was one of my teachers saying, if you can do something five times correctly in a row, you've probably learned it. Now, Is that scientific? Is there something magical about the number five? Is that even always true that five is all you need? No, but five is a small number. It's very manageable and it's something that we can, of course, remember very easily. So when you're trying to plan how you're going to practice something, how much you're going to spend on it, kind of keeping a simple number like five I mean, that's probably less daunting, you know, than something like uh, like 25 or 20 or 21. And while there may not be anything scientific that's been proven to doing something five times in a row in the manner that I'm going to suggest and having a huge benefit, I do think there is a huge benefit because it gets you to focus. It gets you to think about something specific. And in time, what I hope that you will do is to adapt what kind of task you're fitting into this five by five approach. Because if you do it correctly, it's something that's a little challenging or it's maybe it's a lot challenging, but you're not doing that much of it. So to reiterate what I've always held as a musician, and that is that if you can do something five times correctly, you've probably learned it. 
It doesn't necessarily mean that you have, but that's a good first step. But I would further add that if you can do something five times in a row correctly and continue to do that every day until you've done it for five consecutive days, then you should really have it down. You've done it 25 times you've, and you've done it with focus. And this is going to go a long way. It doesn't sound like a lot. 25 times practicing something or five times and then doing that for five days. I just, it sounds like I'm asking too little. But let's go over the rules because they're, they're actually quite demanding. What we are asking for is a very high standard of practice. We're just not asking for you to do it for a very long period of time. So here are, of course, the five rules. Rule number one, whatever you practice, do it five times in a row correctly. So this is just a good first step. Number two, correctly means 100% accuracy. If you missed one finger or one note, it was not correct. So rule number three, if you mess up, the count starts over. So you're going through, you're practicing something for four times without a mistake, and then you miss a fingering on the fifth attempt. Sorry, you have to start all over. Ah, so it's getting a little tough now. You're, it's, it's not just five times in a row correctly, but you can forgive yourself if you mess, mess up. No, you mess up, you start over. It has to be five clean takes in a row. So that's harder than maybe you thought. So rule number four, this means that accuracy and precision are by far the most important things. Speed does not matter at all. Go absolutely as slow as you need. And then the fifth rule is repeat five days in a row. And marvel how easier it gets each time you do it. Speed will come without effort. A lot of times the speed we're looking for in our playing is simply the subconscious grasping what you've been feeding it. And, you know, the subconscious sends instructions to your, to your fingers, to your hands, to, to your voice. Anything that you're using as a musician, your subconscious sends it there much, much, much faster than your conscious. Basically a shortcut wiring going from, going from your subconscious to the skills that you need. But I want to elaborate on something that I said, you know, regarding especially rule number three, and that is if you mess up, the count starts over. So you're going to find it very important that when you're working on this type of practice, that you're giving yourself a manageable bite. That is to say, if you're trying to do this for eight measures or 16 measures, like a whole section of music, this is probably a very demanding approach. But if you're trying to get a pattern that occurs in one or two measures, well, that's a little bit more manageable. So let's talk about some ways to incorporate five by five practice. So the first thing is to take any challenging technique. It could be a new scale uh, or chord progression, or it could be, you know, not necessarily new, but a scale that you've worked on for a while, but it's just not coming along. I mean, I could say, you know, F sharp harmonic minor. It took a while before it was as anywhere near as comfortable as C major. And truthfully, it's still not as comfortable, but I can play it as well as I need. But there was a point where that scale was way behind. So you take any 
any technique that you want. Just but make you know limit yourself to one. Limit it to one key, one type of technique, one type of chord progression, whatever it is, and practice it as slowly as needed. You just want to ensure that every note you play is correct, no matter how slow. Do it five times in a row. Now, my recommendation is that you don't allow it to speed up for the first two days of this. Keep it slow. Make it stay slow. Even if you feel like, hey, I'm, I'm getting better at this. I think I could go faster. Don't. Keep it slow. On days three and four, allow it to gradually speed up with each repetition. This is the way I like to think about things getting faster. Not that I'm pushing it, not like I have a car and I'm, and I'm pushing it on level ground, but that I have a car facing downhill, but early on I'm super cautious. I keep the brake on. I barely let it up. But as I get more confidence, I let the brake up more and allow the vehicle to gain more speed. And that's what I'm doing when I'm practicing, when I'm trying to get faster. So think about restraint early on, those first two days. And then days three and four is ease off the brake. Allow it to go as faster, closer to the tempo you want. So in theory, if you're doing that, day five, it should be feeling easy. So get your five times in carefully and then test yourself for speed. Another way you could incorporate five by five practice is to take a particularly difficult portion of a piece that you're working on and practice the very end of the section five times. Like the very end might be the last chord, it might be the last two beats, it might be the last measure. And then work back one measure to get into it and play it all the way to the end and do that five times. Keep doing that until you're starting from the beginning of a section. So I said, you know, you might not want to do this with like an eight measure section, but you could, if you're taking the practice time you need, to take each step five times in a row. Now remember, it must always be correct. And you need to do this five days in a row. Because you're going to feel like after the first day, if not the first day, definitely the second day, you're going to feel like you're making progress. But commit to this. If it was something that you needed to work on, give it five days in a row. And by the way, we didn't talk about that. We talked about how the count starts over if you make a mistake when you're practicing five times in a row. But the count also starts over if you miss a day. If you break the streak of five days in a row, you got to start over. See, what makes this so effective is we just don't do this that much. How often do you take time to practice something five times in a row, making sure that you did it correctly, completely, five times in a row? And then how many times have you successfully done that, committed to doing that five days in a row without fail. So you can do this with a one measure section, two measure section, eight measure section, but you add it up and you have this series of five times. So basically it's like stage one, five times in a row correctly. You've got that, go add a measure, do that five times in a row correctly. Add another measure, do it five times in a row correctly. Here's another way that I suggest using it. If you're working on getting better at reading notes on a staff, and by the way, you know, I know I'm talking to some college students here, 
uh, it could be that, hey, you know your treble and bass clef, but you're in a theory class and now you have to learn alto clef. So, you know, use this, apply this in the same way. As I've mentioned multiple times, I recommend musictheory.net for, for a lot of things, but especially for their note identification exercise. So you go there, you go to the settings, the customization, and you change the settings so that you're working only on the notes you're trying to learn at the moment, only in the clefs you're trying to focus on. One of the things about musictheory.net in their exercises, they have what's called a challenge mode. So you can set a, a limit for five minutes, reset the score, and just practice for five minutes and see how many did you get correct. That's your score for the day. How many notes did you correctly name in five minutes? So do another five minute session for each of the next four days. And see if the number of notes you can correctly identify, see if that will go up. Now, what if you do this exactly as I recommended? You did it five times in a row correctly, no mistakes. And you successfully did that five days in a row. But it still has issues. It's still not nearly as good as you'd like it. You, maybe it got better, but you're a long way from getting to where you want it to be. Well, you can probably guess what my suggestion would be. Do it again. Do the same thing again. Go through another round of five by five. Maybe you take a day or two off in between, but do it again. Go back over it. In fact, maybe your next your next challenge might be, if, if you think it's really something tricky, something you want to nail, can you do this for five weeks in a row? Can you take your five times a day times five days and do that times five weeks? The other thing is, maybe look at what you were trying to do and were you trying to do too much? So I've said that probably three times now. Is your goal compatible with this exercise? There are challenging portions of certain pieces that five times a day times five days, that would not nearly be enough. And by the way, another variation that, that I personally use sometimes is I will take a section and I will do it in sets of five times in a row correctly. So I'll do it five times in a row correctly with the idea that I will not speed it up at all. And then I'll do it five more times where I think only about the dynamics. I've got the rhythm and I've got it and I'm still keeping it slow. And then I'll do it another five times in a row. And I'm focusing on now speeding it up a little bit. So I might do three sets of five. I might do four sets of five. Again, it's, it's not a magical number, but it's a number that I happen to like. It's an easier standard to achieve than like trying to do 17 times in a row correctly in one sitting, but it's demanding enough that you have to pay attention. Could you imagine that you're trying to do 17 times in a row correctly and you, you do the first 16 fine and then you mess up number 17? how demoralizing that is. If, you, if you're trying to do five times in a row correctly and you mess up after four, you know, your, your thought is, oh man, I got to do this again. But then you're like, oh, but it's just five times. <laughs> I can do it. It's not asking a lot and it's something that you can easily repeat. And the thing is, is that it doesn't have to be the sole part of your practice. It's a portion of what you're doing. And if you're doing it the way that I'm thinking, I can't imagine that you're spending more than five minutes total per, 
per day on this. Now, that's, I guess that's if you do it well. It might take, you know, up to 10 minutes if you're allotting for mistakes early on or, you know, attempts that don't, that don't go so well. So use your imagination when applying this technique, this five by five technique. It works because it demands perfection first and repetition second. So you want to be patient early on. You will undoubtedly mess up and have to start over your count. Kind of expect that. Getting five times in a row is going to be uh, correctly. It's going to be harder than you think at first. And it's going to feel like it's actually taking forever. However, you will eventually get good at this type of practice. And you'll see it nothing more than just a tool that will reliably make you a better musician. If this episode helped you at all, would you please share it with another musician who could also use this help by sharing the link for this episode on whatever podcast app you're listening to or the YouTube link if you're on YouTube. It's been a while since I've asked, but it would be great to have some more five-star ratings and maybe a new review. So if you're so inclined on your podcast app, especially if that happens to be Apple or Spotify, I would love if you would take time to do that. This is the part where I tell you about Fonz. I just want to tell you, this is just personal. I don't know how, what about the app will help you, but I am about to change my policies for my students. And for it to work, I need some of the automated features that come with Fonz. I actually, I have a handful of students that are not on the Fonz app, that they're, they're doing an old school way. And it's more challenging the way I want to now handle payments and makeups very easy on the Fonz app. If you want to play around with the Fonz app, it's free for, I believe it's a two-week free trial, but you can you can check for sure. Click the link in the show notes if it uh, if it's going to cost money right away or, you know, it doesn't look like something is for you, just back out. No harm. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a Fonz app in my Facebook or Instagram feed, so it's not, they're not going to hound you everywhere for going to that webpage. But use the link in my show notes and see if it's right for you, if you're a teacher of any kind. So I want to say thank you so much for listening, and I'll be back with you again next week.